you Yahweh the hallowed one we adore you the great I am that I am we exalt you because you are king beside thee there is none other we are here this evening to study at your feet as a church as the body of Christ Holy Spirit teach us minister to us. Use the verses and the chapters we're going to read today to minister to us. Thank you so very much, Daddy, for allowing us to go through the first eight months of this year. And today we are starting the ninth month and today is the first day. Father God, everything that concerns us, let it be first. Let it be number one. Holy Spirit, take control. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen and amen. I welcome everyone to the Bible study tonight. You are welcome. We are continuing in our series, uh, The Attributes of God. In our previous study of the attributes of God, we studied about the peace and the power of God. This week, we want to study about the wisdom that is his wisdom because power can be dangerous in the hand of a fool. There are all sorts of wisdom, but pure true, beneficial, and divinely approved wisdom comes from God and God only. Daniel chapter 2 and verse 20 said this. He said, Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. As we continue our study tonight, we will start off with the first subheading, which simply says divine wisdom is a gold mine. The spirit of the Lord that gives power is also the same that gives wisdom, understanding, knowledge, and the fear of God. However, the scriptures confirm that Jesus is the power of God and the wisdom of God. This proves that the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ are one, and there is only one God. The wisdom of God is like gold mine. The deeper you dig, the richer you become, which implies that the more you know of Christ, the wiser you become because Jesus Christ is that gold mine. So we'll look at the scriptures to emphasize more of these wonderful words that we have just vocalized. If you look at the Bible 
And I believe you have your Bible because this is a Bible study. We will appreciate it if you go through the Bible chapters and verses with us. Praise the Lord. So we want to start off by reading Isaiah 11 and verse number 2. Isaiah 11 and verse number 2. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. So, so brethren, when we talk about wisdom, when we come about knowledge, we're talking about pure wisdom, pure knowledge. It's a spirit that comes upon an individual. This is a prophetic utterance concerning our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So it's a spirit that comes upon an ordinary mortal that now allows him to exhibit the wisdom and the knowledge of God. First Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 24. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 24. But unto them which are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. So when you're called of God at the point of being born again, there is something that happens, brethren, that our carnal mind cannot evaluate. There is something that comes upon you. It's not just you going to church and coming back. When Jesus comes into your life, the power of God comes into your life. The knowledge and wisdom of God begins to operate even through you. Those of us that are born again, we are endowed with this enormous facility, these enormous resource materials that is the power, the wisdom, and the knowledge of God. We want to quickly go to the second subheading. It says that the greatest worldly wisdom falls short of the folly of God. The wisdom of this world is foolishness with God because, number one, they are based on vanity. Number two, it eventually leads to destruction. So that what men call foolishness of God is still wiser than the wisdom of men. For one thing, God can destroy the wisdom of men but men cannot destroy the wisdom of God. Worldly wisdom is sensual and devilish, but divine wisdom is pure, peaceful, gentle, patient, merciful, good, impartial, and this wisdom of God is straightforward. If you look at the next verse where we just read, 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 25. 1 Corinthians 1, 25. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Brethren, just take it the way it is. It doesn't matter how wise a person is. It doesn't matter how foolish we think that God is, because at times the things of God seem foolish but even if we equate those as being foolish that is god's foolishness it doesn't matter how you place it it is still wiser than the wisest person first corinthians chapter 3 verses 19 and 20. 
1 Corinthians 3, 19 and 20. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God, for it is written, He taketh the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise, that they are vain. <laughs> the foolishness, the foolishness of God is still wiser. And like, like maybe I just remind you, brethren, that I will want the Bible to just do the talking tonight. I will interject once in a while. But here it is. It says, for the wisdom of this world, it doesn't matter how man or the people of this world think they are wise, when God evaluates what they call wisdom, God sees foolishness because it is vain. It is sensual. It is foolishness. May God help us to actually click into the wisdom of God. Abide in the things that will portray you as a wise person. Because the foolishness of God is still wiser than the wisest person. Isaiah 29 and verse 14. Isaiah 29 and verse number 14. Therefore, behold, I will proceed to do a marvelous work among this people, even a marvelous work and a wonder, for the wisdom of their wise men shall perish, and the understanding of their prudent men shall be hid. You see, when we operate our lives in the lens of God's wisdom, God works through us. But if we put God aside, because number one, we think we're educated. Number two, because we think we are well-placed in the society. Number three, because we feel that our status is up there. People look up to us. The day you take your eyes away from the wisdom that God gives and you want to capitalize and depend on your own wisdom, God says here in the verses we just read, he says, you know what? I'm going to overthrow. I'm going to cause the wise men to act foolishly. We're going to get to that, brethren, shortly. But we must realize that if we tailor our works through the wisdom of God, if we project all that we want to do in life through the wisdom of God, if we count ourselves as fools, as it were, and that God be the wise one, then you find out that God will always be there to actualize what you are doing. For without him, it doesn't matter how wise you think you are, you can get nothing done. Jeremiah 4 and verse 22. Jeremiah 4, verse 22. For my people is foolish. They have not known me. They are sottish children, and they have none understanding. They are wise to do evil, but to do good, they have no knowledge. That is when you take me and he says, my people, my people are foolish. My people are foolish. When you think that you can do something outside of God, when you think you are that wise, you are that smart, that you just bypass God, he says, you know what? He's going to make sure that your wiseness becomes foolishness. Because if God evaluates everything that we call wisdom, the wisdom of this world, 
It says, what is it? The wisdom of this world makes them do evil. The wisdom of this world makes them do things that are ungodly. It is the wisdom of this world that comes upon a man that makes him feel that God is a nobody, that he does not need God. I pray that you will not get to the point that you think you are that wise and that you don't need God anymore. I pray you don't come to the point that you think you don't need the help of God anymore because the wisdom of God will tell you that without him, you can do nothing. James chapter number 5, 15 and 17. James chapter 3, verses 15 through to 17. This wisdom descended not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envy and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. The worldly wisdom, according to scripture, is earthly, is sensual. If this will not frighten you, I wonder what will frighten you, that the wisdom of this world is devilish. Anything you do outside of God is inspired and directed by the devil. And I don't think you want to subject yourself to the devil. I don't think you want to submit yourself to the use of the devil. But he says, you know what? This wisdom of the world, it brings envy, it brings strife, it brings confusion. It brings evil work. But he's saying, you know what? The wisdom that we are talking about, the wisdom of God. Remember, wisdom is part of the attributes of God. It says the wisdom we are talking about, the godly wisdom, it comes upon a man from above. No man can receive anything except that thing is given him from above. So the wisdom that helps humanity, the wisdom that helps society, it comes from above. And the first thing that will show you that the wisdom you are exhibiting is from God, the Bible says it is first and foremost pure. There is no impurity in the wisdom of God. Secondly, it says it is peaceable. When you find somebody that is a troublemaker because he thinks he's wise, it is a devilish act. The wisdom that comes from above, the wisdom of God, it is pure. It is peaceable. You can entreat them. When you find somebody that is always fighting, always tr troubling people, and you cannot tame them, you cannot appeal to them, you cannot beg them, you cannot do anything, they just want their way, it is the wisdom from the devil. It says the wisdom of God is peaceable. It is gentle. It's not arrogant. If, listen, when you are exhibiting the wisdom of God, you don't want to show up. You don't want to show everybody that you have the answer. In fact, when you find a wise man talk, he talks like, well, can we try this out? Can we try this out? I, I think if we do it this way, it might 
add more value. Let's just, you find that it is gentle. The Bible says it is an easy to be entreated. When you find somebody that say, I, I will not allow you. I'm going to tear the world down. I'm going to do this. Nobody appeases him. Nobody is not afraid of anybody. There's nobody who will think about it and say, no, no, I don't have to do this. Then that wisdom is from the devil. He said it is easy to be entreated. This wisdom that comes from above, it says it is full of mercy. We're going to talk about that is another attribute of God. So when you're operating under the influence of the wisdom of God, you are full of mercy. You empathize with people. You want to put people, you want to put yourself in the shoes of those that are going through some challenges. That is wisdom. He says that it is, it has good fruits. It is without partiality. It doesn't matter who is wrong. He will tell that person you are wrong, whether that person is associated to him. Listen, the wisdom of God will make a man to apologize. We say, you know what, darling, my wife, yeah, I, I just did wrong. It was wrong. The wisdom of God, when it operates through you, you are so humble, you can say you are sorry to your children. You can say you are sorry to your subordinate. You can say you are sorry to your colleagues. There is no hypocrisy in this wisdom. So you can see the importance of this attribute of God because everything you, we, I just told you about in this verse is part of the attribute of God. So when God oppresses wisdom through you, you find out that all these things will begin to show up in your life. If you lack this, then the wisdom you think you are operating, that wisdom is devilish, is sensual, is from the devil. And the devil will always lead you astray. The devil will never allow you to do anything that brings glory to God. Romans chapter 1 and verse 22. Romans 1 verse 22. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Hmm. If you're always right, sir. If you believe you know it all, then the spirit of Absalom, and I, I hate to fail, is what is upon you. If you think you know it all, nobody can advise you. Nobody can tell you that what you just said is not right. You just get offended. You get angry. What did the Bible say is here? It says that that wisdom that wisdom, that wisdom, that wisdom that you profess is actually foolishness. Because there's a saying amongst the elders in Africa that anyone that is wise and says that he's the only wise person is the most foolish person on earth. You don't know it all, sir. You cannot know it all. Let's look at number three, subheading number three. It says, pure or true wisdom is a very precious gift from God. True wisdom is a very precious gift from God. True wisdom is worth more than gold, silver, pearl, and rubies. And that is why a divine wise man is a happy man. True wisdom is in the same category as light, which is understandably, since Jesus Christ, 
The wisdom of God is also the light of the world. A wise man is stronger than 10 mighty men. Hence, when God gives a man wisdom, no one will be able to resist him. Consequently, brethren, if you cannot get anything else from God, be sure you get wisdom from him. Wisdom. And that's why Job was trying to explain this in Job 28. It's a lengthy one from verse 12. Job 28 from verse 12. But where shall wisdom be found? And where is the place of understanding? Man knoweth not the price thereof, neither is it found in the land of the living. The dead saith, it is not in me, and the sea saith, it is not with me. It cannot be gotten for gold, neither shall silver be weighed for the price thereof. It cannot be valued with the gold of Ophir, with the precious onyx, or the sapphire. The gold and the crystal cannot equal it, and the exchange of it shall not be for jewels of fine gold. No mention shall be made of coral or of pearls, for the price of wisdom is above rubies. Mm. The topaz of Ethiopia shall not equal it, neither shall it be valued with pure gold. Wisdom that comes from above. Look at all this precious ornament, this valued ornament. The word of God is saying that put all the prizes together. It still cannot equate wisdom. That means you cannot buy wisdom. You may go to school for knowledge, but you cannot go to school to acquire wisdom. Because wisdom is the application of knowledge. Nobody goes to school to get wisdom. It is from above. Otherwise, everybody will become a wise person. But you can be knowledgeable. But when it comes to wisdom, only God gives wisdom. And that's why I pray for you that God will release his wisdom upon you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. Proverbs 3, 13 and 14. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver, and the gain thereof than fine gold. Happy, happy is that man. Happy is that man. I pray that the happiness that comes from the wisdom of God will not elude you. Amen. When you have that wisdom operating through you, you are relaxed. When all the chips are down, when there is confusion everywhere, you just find that wisdom will just pop up. Do this, do that, and you find that, that things will begin to happen. Now, if you look at the story um, of, of King Solomon, when those two women came and they were telling this confusing story, the Bible didn't say he even prayed. All of a sudden, pam, 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 the wisdom of God set in. And that's exactly what Jesus Christ meant when he said, when you are led to the council, don't think about what you're going to say. The Holy Spirit, through the wisdom of God, is going to tell you exactly what to say. When you find a man that is operating under the influence of the wisdom of God, he's not a talkative. He listens. He gives people chance to also express themselves. 
But if you are there in a meeting, in a gathering, you are number one, you are number two, you are number three. You just want to do everything. You want to see everything. You want to prove that you are wise. The Bible says that no, what you have not displayed, you are just displaying foolishness. For happy is the man that obtains wisdom. Listen, this is part of God's attribute. It's God's property. It comes from above. You can't pay for it. You don't, you don't have that kind of money to pay for it. It comes from above. And it comes freely from the God of wisdom. Ecclesiastes 2 and verse 13. Ecclesiastes 2 and verse 13. Then I saw that wisdom excelled folly as far as light excelled darkness. You can see the equation, light and wisdom. Light and wisdom. When light shows up in darkness, that darkness disappears. When wisdom comes, shows up in the midst of foolishness, foolishness disappears. I pray once again that the wisdom of God, not the earthly wisdom that is sensual and devilish, that is not what we are talking about. We are talking about the wisdom that comes from above. It is peaceful, it is peaceable, it is merciful, it is not partial, it is gentle. It does not harm anyone. He tries to assist people, he tries to help people. And I pray that this wisdom will flow through you so that you will be a blessing to your wife, so that you will be a blessing to your husband, so that you will be a blessing to your children, so that you will be a blessing to this generation. Praise the Lord, somebody. Hallelujah. Ecclesiastes 7 and verse number 12. <coughs> For wisdom... Ecclesiastes 7 and verse number 12. For wisdom is a defense, and money is a defense. But the excellency of knowledge is that wisdom giveth life to them that have it. Hmm. See, for wisdom is a defense. Just like money is a defense. Money is a defense. Money is the defense. But it says the excellency of knowledge is that wisdom giveth life to them that have it. Money does not give life. Even knowledge does not, but wisdom does. Ecclesiastes 2 and verse 26. I just scroll back and see what 2.26, Ecclesiastes 2.26 is saying. For God giveth to a man that is good in his sight wisdom and knowledge and joy, but to the sinner he giveth travail to gather and to heap up, that he may give to him that is good before God. This also is vanity and vexation of spirits. So, he that knoweth how to do good and doeth did not to him it is sin. God cannot give you his wisdom when he knows you are not a good person. I'm not, listen, I'm not even talking about you being born again. I'm talking about you being a good person. Your being born again will enhance your goodness. There are born again people that are not good people. They are born again. But there's nothing in them that showcases goodness. It says when you are good in the sight of God, when God knows that you're going to use that wisdom to better the lives of people, he says he's going to give you, when you are good in his sight, when he evaluates you, 
and he found out that hmm, this is a good person. The first gift he's going to give to you is wisdom. When he gives you wisdom, he will now give you knowledge so that you will be able to apply wisdom based on the knowledge you know. For wisdom is the application of knowledge. But he says if you're not good in his sight, he will give you travail. And that travel is that you will be heaping up goodness, riches, wealth. Then when it is full, he will not take it from you and give to that person that is good in his sight. Because he knows that the more good things this good person has, the more liberal, the more generous, the more helpful he is. For everything God gives to mankind, he expects you to be a blessing to the next person. Luke chapter 21. Luke 21. What an amazing story. Luke 21 and verse 15. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay nor resist. <laughs> I will give you a mouth. <laughs> there are mouths that is full of foolishness. I will give you a mouth and a wisdom. So the question is, brethren, what kind of mouth do you have? Is it a mouth loaded with wisdom or the mouth loaded with foolishness? He said, I'll give you a mouth. I'll give you wisdom, which your adversaries shall not be able to gain, say, or resist. It's not exactly what you learn that shows up in the exam, it's not exactly. It's not how prepared you are for that interview that makes you get that job. It's the kind of wisdom that God gives unto you, how you will frame your answer. It comes from above. Say, so I'll give you a mouth that even your adversary will not be able to resist you because the wisdom of God. Look at Daniel, look at Daniel chapter two, verse 21 that we read verse 20 the other time. Let's see verse 21. Daniel 2 and verse 21. And he changed the times and the seasons. He removed kings and set up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. Hmm. Now let us go through James chapter 1. James chapter 1 and verse 5. James 1, number 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, that and upbraided not, and it shall be given him. If any man lacks money, no. If any man lacks wealth, no. If any man lacks, no. He's not talking about what he said. Listen, wisdom. If you lack wisdom, ask of God. Like I told you, you can't go to school to acquire wisdom. There's no school like that. You can acquire knowledge. You can acquire understanding. Understanding all sciences. Have the knowledge of how things work, how the electrical appliances work, how the medical science, how you can put one on there. You can get to go to school and get all that. But when it comes to wisdom, you ask for it. You can have knowledge, understanding, wealth, 
well placed in the society and yet you lack wisdom. And that's why the first thing uh, Solomon was asking is a wisdom to lead the people of God. Every leader needs wisdom from God. <laughs> I was talking to one of my sons uh, not too long ago. We we're talking about knowing a person, man. <laughs> Even man gave, is still giving God trouble, difficult. Say the heart is desperately wicked. Who can understand it? So if God is saying that, you cannot. But see, when you have wisdom, wisdom, you'll be able to direct people. As a husband, sir, you need wisdom to lead your wife and children. As a boss, as a head of department, you need wisdom to be able to deal with human beings. The human being is a complex being, very complex. Not to talk of now when you are the head of state. Not to talk of now the, the bigger one, that you are a pastor. This my son was saying, you see, you see why I don't want to be a pastor? So you need wisdom. Because God, Jesus Christ said, I don't need you to tell me what about man. I know what is a man. Man is a complex being. Even man does not understand himself. But if you know that you are in a position to direct human beings, ask for wisdom. If you lack it, ask. He said he will give you a liberal. He will not withhold it because he knows you need it. To deal with human beings, you need wisdom, sir. You need wisdom, man. You need wisdom, man. To deal with your children, especially when they are grown up to be teenagers and adults, you need more wisdom. Let's go to number four, subheading number four. It is easy to recognize a man who lacks wisdom. Some of the signs of a man devoid of wisdom are, number one, unwillingness to acknowledge God as supreme, inability to forgive others, backbiting others, making fun of sin, as if it is a trivial thing. Hatred of correction. They just hate correction. The love of arguments, meddling in other people's affairs, trusting his own abilities, acquiring wealth in fraudulent way means, crookedness or hypocrisy, and the very last one, living as if everything ends in this world. Let's look at Psalm 53 and verse 1. The fool had said in his heart, there is no God. <coughs> Corrupt are they, and have done abominable iniquity. There is none that doeth good. <laughs> The fool. The fool. He said not in his mouth or through his mouth. He already settled it in his heart that there is no God. That is, the, that is foolishness of the highest order. To be able to convince yourself that there is no God. Hmm. Proverbs 10, 18. 
Proverbs 10, 18. He that hideth hatred with lying lips, and he that uttereth a slander is a fool. <laughs> when the Bible calls somebody a fool, that person must be a very big one. And what evaluates, what qualifies a human being to be addressed as a fool? He says that, he said, he, he that hideth hatred in, with aligned lips, and he that authorized slander is a fool. That means you, are, you, don't, you, 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 you don't have wisdom. The heart is not supposed to be a place where you hide hatred. The lips is not where you should hide hatred. You say you hide it with lying words. Oh, hallelujah, brother. Oh, I love you, brother. Oh, you are the best, brother. And inside of your heart, you know you hate it with a passion. That means hatred with a lying lips. What you are telling that brother is the opposite of what is going on inside of you. Proverbs 14, verse 9. Fools make a mock at sin, but among the righteous there is favor. Fools make a mock of sin. You know, we don't call, they don't, fools, they don't call sin sin anymore. They say it's a social norm. That's, that's the world we live in now. Fornication is the world we live in now. Adultery is the world we live in now. You know, they call those of us who grew up as young Christians running away from fornication, they call us old school. I see, I heard it not too long ago when I, when I say, you know what, when my wife and I were cutting, in fact, I never saw her tie. I never hugged her. In fact, the day we held hands and we, 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 we saw a torchlight like that of our Father in the Lord, we just, nobody told her, we just, she ran to the left. We're just holding hands. But today, the sign of that person wanting to marry you is that you must sleep with me if you know you really love me. Fools make a mock of sin. Sin is deadly. Sin will send you to hell. Wisdom tells you that everyone that sinneth is of the devil. That is wisdom. Sinners that do not repent will end up in hellfire. That is wisdom. But fools that are devoid of wisdom, they make mock of sin. They just enjoy sin. In fact, they drink sin as though they are drinking water. Sin is the order of the day, even though they profess to be born again. That is foolishness of the highest order. Proverbs 19 and verse 6. Many will entreat the favor of the prince, and every man is a friend to him that giveth gifts. 20 and verse 3. It is an honor for a man to cease from strife, but every fool will be meddling. Oh, may God have mercy on us Amen. in the name of Jesus. If you look at 
as we round up that part four or subheading number four, if you look at Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 11, Jeremiah 17 verse 11. As the partridge seated on eggs and hatcheth them not, so he that getteth riches and not by right shall leave them in the midst of his days, and at his hand shall be a fool. Wisdom, brethren, the wisdom of God will tell you that you came empty. Empty will you go back. You came empty-handed. Empty-handed you will leave this world. You came naked. You will live naked. So if you begin to acquire riches in a, in a way that is not godly, if you begin to cheat, kill, pull down, just because you want to acquire wealth, if you begin to serve the devil just because of what he promised to give to you, he said, in the midst of your life, in the peak of your life, you will die and leave them behind. So wisdom tells you that anything God does not want you to have, you shouldn't have it. Wisdom tells you that you will wait for God's time because it's time the very best. Wisdom of God will tell you that the thoughts that this God has for you is a thought of peace and not of evil to grant unto you an expected end. He said, though it tarries, that is how wise people talk. Though it tarries, wait for it. Job, the wise Job says, I know in the midst of this calamity, I know that my Redeemer liveth. Number five, subheading number five. Just the way we know fools. Say it is also easy to recognize a wise man. Some of the signs of a wise man are, number one, he fears God. <clears throat> number two, he puts into practice whatsoever he learns from the scripture. <laughs> number three, he searches the scripture constantly to discover how God wants him or how to live. Number four, he is a man of few words, not a talkative. Number five, he is considered a fool by those who have worldly wisdom. Job 28, verse 28. Job 28, 28. And unto man he said, Behold, the fear of the Lord that is wisdom and to depart from evil is understanding the fear of the lord not when you hear the thunder you shiver no that is not what we're talking about the fear of the lord is to depart from evil the fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom he says you will fear the lord and that is evil you will depart from iniquity that is understanding you flee from every appearance of evil. That is wisdom. You flee from every appearance of the devil. Anything that will not add value to your Christian life, you flee. Wisdom is to flee pornography. Wisdom is to flee fornication. Wisdom is to flee adultery. Wisdom is to flee worldliness. That is wisdom. 
and that is the fear of God. It causes us to depart from evil. And that's why I've told us time we start with that number. My wife does not trust me because it is me. She trusts me. She believes in me because she knows I fear God. We have lived now for decades. She believes that I fear God. I believe that she fears God. That settles it. I know she's not going to double into anything ungodly. She's not going to double into anything that is not right. Because, not because of me, but because she fears God. Because she thinks about heaven. The same thing should apply to you. The same thing should apply to everyone. That the fear of the Lord is to depart from evil. That is one of the things that will first and foremost hit you when you meet a man that is wise. Matthew 7 verse 24. By the way, you can send your questions to the chat room. The administrator will collect them and very soon we will go into that. Matthew 7 verse 24. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. When you hear the word of God, you shiver at the word of God. What do you do thereafter? How would you say that? That's the pastor just talking. No, that's just that brother talking. And God already sent the message. He said, listen, if you are a doer of my saying, God says you should pay your tithes. Are you doing it? If you are not, you are not wise. The word of God says, when you give, it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, shall men give unto your bosom. Are you a giver? It says, if you will not forgive from your heart, it says your heavenly father will not forgive you. Are you forgiving? It says, now if you listen to my word and you do my words, you follow my precept, you follow my commandment, it said, I will liken you to a wise man that buildeth his house on a rock, not on the sand, on the rock. So the wisdom of God that you display is equated to you building your house, your spiritual house on the rock. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6. How be it? We speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. Chapter 12 and verse 8. First Corinthians 12 and verse 8. First Corinthians twelve verse eight. Yes, sir. Just one second. First Corinthians twelve eight. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same spirit. Let's look at chapter 3, 1 Corinthians 3, 6, 18. 1 Corinthians 3, 18. 
Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seemeth to be wise in this world, let him become a fool that he may be wise. So like I said, don't always want to prove yourself that you are a wise person. Wise people will find you out. Don't blow your trumpet. The Bible says, let other people blow your trumpet. And that's why by the grace of God, when I'm in a meeting, you can barely hear me talk. But I want to listen. I want to gather knowledge. I want to see the kind of display of knowledge and so that I can apply that knowledge in the field of wisdom. So don't be, don't just want to talk. You 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 just want to display. You just, say, listen, just be quiet. Be a fool as it were. At the end of the day, by the time you open your mouth to talk, everybody wants to listen. In fact, it will get to a point that in a meeting, until you talk, the meeting is not over because they know by the time you open your mouth to speak, you will speak wisdom. And the wise will always seek you out. They will always want you around them. But an arrogant person that is always right, always want to be right, people will run away from you. And that's why 2 Timothy 3 and verse 15. 2 Timothy 3 verse 15. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is Christ, which is in Christ Jesus. All right. Um, because of our time, we will skip some of the chapters there so we can just get to the last subheading. Let's read Proverbs 12:23. Proverbs 12:23, and we just go through um, the last subheading as we round up tonight. Proverbs 12, 23. A prudent man concealeth knowledge, but the heart of fools proclaimeth foolishness. All right. Now, let's look at the last subheading there, which simply says, God's trap for the worldly wise is their wisdom. God's way of catching the wise man of this world is by turning their wisdom to foolishness spoiling their ground design while God ultimately has the last laugh. Examples in the Bible include Samson versus the Philistines, David versus Goliath, Haman versus Mordecai, and Saul's journey to Damascus. Let's quickly look at these um, chapters as we round up our study tonight, Judges 16, 23, and 24. Judges 16, 23, and 24. Then the lords of the Philistines gathered them together for to offer a great sacrifice unto Dagon their God, and to rejoice. For they said, Our God had delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hand. And when the people saw him, they praised their God, for they said, our God had delivered into our hands our enemy and the destroyer of our country, which slew many of us. You see, when they were talking like this, brethren, if only they knew that each and every one of us, or one of them, they were all uttering their last statement. They were actually making their last, last speech. They could have left their place. So God had brought them together and they were just talking foolishness. And God was preparing them 
for their own death. God will always catch the worldly wise people in their wisdom. God brought them together so that judgment will come upon them. The Bible says those, those that died in Samson's death were more than he killed in his lifetime. Therefore, so be careful every time you're displaying wisdom that is not of God. Because when you have the wisdom of God, you don't display it in arrogancy. You display it in humility. You display it in mercy. You display it in impartiality. You display it to help people, not to bring people down. You, 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 I believe you will know this story very well. Isaiah 28, 7 through to 11. Let's read it fast because our time is far gone. Isaiah but they, 28. But they also have heard true wine and true strong drink are out of the way. The priest and the prophet have heard true strong drink. They are swallowed up of wine. They are out of the way, true strong drink. They err in vision, they stumble in judgment. For all tables are full of vomit and filthiness, so that there is no place clean. Whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the meek and drawn from the breast. For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to these people. It's a vomit, vomit all the place. The table filthy. They are drunken with strong drink. Then the question is now, if you're in that position, who will you be teaching wisdom? Who will you be teaching knowledge? May God help you. May God help me. First Samuel 17. You know this story very well. Goliath for 40 days and 40 nights, he was just displaying the worldly wisdom by talking nonsense as it were. But look at what happened. First Samuel 17, 45 and 46. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee. And I will give thee the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. That was the end of Goliath. Esther chapter 7, 9 and 10 is the story of Haman and Mordecai and the children of Israel. Esther 7, 9 and 10. And Abona, one of the chamberlains, said before the king, Behold, also the gallows, fifty cubits high, which Haman had made for Mordecai, who had spoken good for the king, standed in the house of Haman. Then the king said, Hang him thereon. So they hanged Haman on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. Then was the king's wrath pacified. <laughs> Be careful what you wish others. Second Kings 5, 20 uh, through to 27. We're just reading through because we are rounding up now. Second Kings 5, 22 to 27. Be careful. Be careful, brethren. Be careful. But Geazi, the servant of Elisha, 
the man of God said, Behold, my master hath spared Naaman this Syrian, in not receiving at his end that which he brought. But as the Lord liveth, I will run after him and take somewhat of him. So Gehazi followed after Naaman. And when Naaman saw him running after him, he lighted down from the chariot to meet him and said, Is all well? And he said, All is well. My master had sent me, saying, Behold, even now there be come to me from Mount Ephraim two young men of the sons of the prophets. Give them, I pray thee, a talent of silver and two changes of garments. And Naaman said, Be content, take two talents. And he urged him and bound two talents of silver in two bags with two changes of garments and laid them upon two of his servants. And they bore them before him. And when he came to the tower, he took them from their end and bestowed them in the house. And he let the men go and they departed. But he went in and stood before his master. And Elisha said unto him, Whence comest thou, Gehazi? And he said, Thy servant went no whither. And he said unto him, Went not mine heart with thee, when the man turned again from his chariot to meet thee? Is it a time to receive money, and to receive garments, and oliviards, and vineyards, and sheep, and oxen, and men servants, and maid servants? The leprosy therefore of Naaman shall cleave unto thee, and unto thy seed forever. And he went out from his presence a leper as white as snow. Worldly wisdom. We always plot. We always have ungodly plots. Try to maneuver things. This is somebody that could have received the double portion of Elisha's power. But he plotted. You remember the wisdom of this world is sensual. It's devilish. This is how you want to cut corners. Using to, to, to Gehazi, he was acting smart. But yes, he had the wisdom, but it's a devilish wisdom. At the end of the day, he ended up not having the things. He ended up losing the double portion of the double portion of Elisha. He ended up a leper. Don't cut corners. Don't think you are too smart. Two plus two is four. Don't turn it to four and a half. Don't turn it to five. The 10% of your tithe, of your income, God knows it. You know it. Don't shortchange it. What is not yours, don't take it. Don't say you're smart. No, that's not smartness. That is foolishness. Acts chapter 9, we'll end up with this. Acts chapter 9, 4 through to 8. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecuted thou me? And he said, who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. But they led him by the end and brought him into Damascus. So, this is somebody who was killing and naming and arresting. And in fact, he was on a mission to Damascus to also destroy the disciples. But God caught him in his own wisdom. God caught him in his own plan, in his own plot. Thank God he asked from the Lord, what do you want me to do now? That is real wisdom the godly wisdom comes in. The question is, 
are you on the Lord's side or in his trap? May God bless you. This is the end of our study tonight. Is there any question or questions? Um, no question on the chat room, sir. Okay. Like Daddy Joe was saying, it's, it's either the, the teacher did not teach well or the students are smart. So I don't know which one now. But we want to thank God for the study of tonight. We need wisdom as a leader in your own field, as a husband, as a father, as a mother, as a wife, as a head of department, as a head in that session of your business, you need wisdom. To deal with human beings, you need wisdom. And it says, if you lack it, ask of God. So I want you to unmute un your mics and let us lift up our voices tonight and say, Father, Please, on this, in this area, in this area, in this area, in this area, as a father, as a husband, as a wife, as a man, I need wisdom. I need wisdom. As a head of department, I need wisdom. Let us begin to pray now. Let us pray now. Let us pray now. Let us pray now. Let us pray. Unmute your mics as we pray. Father God, I just need your wisdom. I need your knowledge. I need your wisdom. I need your knowledge. I need your wisdom, Lord. You said this wisdom comes from above. I want to be peaceful. I want to be impartial. I want to be gentle. Father God, please help me. Help me. Help me, Lord. I don't want to be arrogant. That the wisdom you have given unto me, Lord God, I don't want it to be used in arrogancy. Help me, Lord, to be humble in the mighty name of Jesus. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. You said if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Let him ask of God who giveth all men to all men liberally and withheld that not. Father God, help me, Lord. Help me in the mighty name of Jesus. As a husband, I need this wisdom. As a pastor that is leading your people to the promised land, I need the wisdom, Lord. I need the wisdom, Lord. I need wisdom, Lord. I need wisdom, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus. Father, envelope my life with your wisdom. In the mighty name of Jesus. Help me, Father God. Help me, Father God. Help me, Father God. Help me, dear Lord. Help me, dear Lord. Help me, dear Lord. Help me, Lord, to wisdom in humility. In humility, oh God. In humility. In humility, In humility. In humility. In the mighty name of Jesus. Help me, dear Lord. Help me, dear Lord. Help me, dear Lord. Help me, dear Lord. Help me, Lord. I don't want to deal in Lord. I don't want to be a busy person. I don't want to be a good person, Lord. Just help me, dear Father. Help me, dear Lord. Help me, dear Father. Help me, dear Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. And so, Father, we want to thank you. You said the wisdom that we are talking about descends from above. It is not earthly because the earthly wisdom is sensual, is devilish. But, Father, we are talking about the wisdom that comes from people as pastors, as ministers, as workers, as fathers, as mothers as parents, head of departments, oh God, as husbands, as wives. Father, we need these wisdom 
this wisdom we need it oh god to be able to lead your people because this wisdom when it comes upon us it is from above this wisdom is pure this wisdom is peaceable this wisdom is gentle this wisdom is easy to be entreated the wife should be able to say sorry darling and it's over and it's over father god let that kind of wisdom that can be entreated begin to operate through us this kind of wisdom from above that is full of mercy empathizing with people this kind of wisdom that is good that brings good fruits this kind of wisdom that is not is not hypocritical it is without hypocrisy let this kind of wisdom that is impartial this kind of wisdom that is full of goodness that is full of mercy father let it begin to operate through each and every one of us in the mighty name of jesus Father, we don't want the devil to operate through us. We don't want this devilish wisdom that cuts corners, that, 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 that fortifies figures, that turns the, the, the 10% of tides, it turns it to something else. Father God, please help us to be straightforward. Help us to fear you, for the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So that at the end of the day, when you come to collect the church, none of us will be found wanting these attributes of god lord please let it begin to function let it begin to flow through us mercy is one of them peace is one of them power is one of them and today we have talked about wisdom please help us not to be devoid of wisdom this we pray with thanksgiving keep each and every one of us even as we start this ninth month of the year lord god please help us just the way you help us to go through the first eight, these remaining four months of the year, you will also see us through. You will see our wives, our husbands, and our children. You will see our ministry through. This we pray, O oh great God, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Let us share the grace and fellowship. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Surely his goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you. 2021 is yeah. my year of divine, divine restoration. restoration. We should not forget to give the Lord our, our offerings, our tithes. And this Friday is the first Friday of September. We'll be having it in the sanctuary. There will be prayers, there will be praise, there will be worship, and there will be Holy Communion. The program starts from 6 to 7, praise and worship, and from 7 to 8, the Holy Communion. God bless you, and have a good evening. Thank you, sir. Have a good night. When the peace of the Lord leaves, the sleep from the Lord goes with it. The peace of God comes with all kinds of blessings. That's why I said the blessings of the Lord make it rich. It added no sorrow with it.